What's up RPG fans? Welcome to episode 13 of the Switch RPG Podcast. As always, I am one of your hosts, Philip, and I'm joined by that wonderful Patriot fan from the Northeast slash Boston, Geo. What's up, man? Hey, what's going on? Just got my, uh, I got a Snapple iced tea today. I'm not drinking the water, so it's going to be a good one. Does that mean like you're extra hype or something? You got no, I mean, like, I haven't cracked it open yet, so I'm so excited to read the bottom of the cap. I will do that at the end of this okay. episode. Okay, so stick around to the end to hear, the, <laughs> to hear the wise wisdom from the Snapple bottle cap. Anyway, if this is your first time listening, ladies and gentlemen, this is the official podcast from the website switchrpg.com that brings you all the exciting news, upcoming game releases, and the latest in the world of RPGs on the Nintendo Switch platform. After we cover all that jazz, we then read your questions on air. we got a lot of them this week. And try to answer them if we can. Remember, we are all about community here at the Switch RPG Podcast, so if you want to be part of the show, you can definitely do that by doing a couple of different things. First off, you can email your questions to podcast at switchrpg.com or you can dive into our discord server at discord.switchrpg.com and post in our podcast channel just like mr adam from our discord is a new member over there and i just wanted to give him a little bit of a shout out this week he gave us a very very nice uh, pseudo review in our podcast channel and just wanted to extend our gratitude. I yes. will read a little bit of, of what he said. He said, first off, uh, Hey guys, I started listening to the podcast today. Listened to the two most recent episodes and loved it. I especially loved the personal story at the beginning of episode 12 about the lost and replacement switch. What an awesome story that as a new listener immediately hooked me into the type of show and the type of people the hosts are. And then Adam goes on to talk about how he appreciates our lack of colorful language on the show and that because of that, he can listen to it. He doesn't have to worry about listening to it around his family and around his kids. And we think that is awesome. And once again, we would love to extend our gratitude and our thanks for Adam for speaking up and letting us know what he likes because that's super awesome. It's great for us to hear what you guys are liking. Yes, uh, very nice. Kind words. Appreciate that. Very kind words. And we would like to welcome him to the Switch RPG family. Family. Before we dive into our news this week, let's catch up with a few elements of housekeeping. Uh, first off, the update of that wonderful RPG World Cup 2018 that comes out. On schedule, unless it doesn't, because I'm a dummy. But anyway, so let's <laughs> let's give you a little bit of an update on who's doing what. So just as a reminder, we fashioned this just like the actual real live World Cup, which is going on right now. Go Portugal. That's right. They advanced. Knockout and stage. 
Yeah, exactly. And so we fashioned our tournament the same way. You have knockout rounds or you have a, a group stage that then advance the top two of each group advance to a knockout stage, which is where we are at the moment. And we had our first two completed matches this past week. Yep. We had uh, Persona going up against Ultima. Mm-hmm. Yes, the Ultima series. And uh, Persona won in a pretty big landslide. Yeah, Not a huge surprise to me, at least. Uh, then we had Q, the sad, Do sad we have, Can we music. just move on? No. Let's look. The Go Mono ahead. series just... went up against the Juggernaut Pokemon series. And once again, in another landslide, the Pokemon series will advance to the next round. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are currently going through at 70 votes. There are 16 hours left. Uh, this will be completed by the time you're hearing this episode. But our current round is the Xenoblade Chronicles series versus the classic vintage fan favorite RPG, Earthbound. Currently, we have yet another landslide victory in the making for Xenoblade Chronicles. Right now, pulling in 64% of the vote. Now, what I think is interesting is we've had a bunch of landslides so far. But some of that's got to come to a head at some point because these Mm. landslides are going to be meeting one another in the next round. For instance, Persona will be going up against Pokemon. That's so, a that's a big one. That's yeah, a toughie. Nobody can deny the, I mean, how big the Persona series is, especially mm-hmm. as a traditional JRPG. And then you've got the, the like we call it the juggernaut, the machine of sort of these younger players with the Pokemon. And there's been so many games, quality products. There's been a rejuvenated interest in Pokemon because of the 2019 game coming out also pokemon go pokemon let's go um so anyway that'll be interesting i mean persona had um you know they just had a recent game as well with persona 5 so that one was a really good game as well so you know this is that's that's a toughie that's a tough one it will be indeed so just remember keep uh to keep updated on the rpg world cup tournament uh we well, we've still got a ways to go before we get to our final. Uh, but to keep up with that, just head over to twitter.com slash switch RPG and you can get all the updates. I try to retweet the polls every, you know, three or four times a day so that you don't have to scroll too far. Cause uh, you know, it kind of gets buried a little bit, yeah. but cool, 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 cool. So just make sure you are staying up to date on that geo speaking of staying up to date let's dive into some news some news some news um first off we've got a lovely article here from ign that details our lovely friend reggie from nintendo mm-hmm, everybody's mm-hmm. favorite reggie after to give you some context after uh Nintendo's E3 presence, there was a lot of focus on multiplayer games to the joy of a lot of people, to the dismay of a lot of people, because many people don't prefer multiplayer games. They prefer single player games. So there's a little bit of concern, but in a conversation with IGN, uh, Reggie, and you can go read this article over on IGN, uh, Reggie 
assured IGN and assured Nintendo fans that the company is still placing a huge focus and huge emphasis on single player games, not just multiplayer. So what does this confirmation or reassurance, what does that do for you, Gia? Um, for me, it, it, it reaffirms that they're not abandoning the single player aspect of games, which I myself enjoy. I'm not, I don't play a lot of online games, and when I do, I almost play them alone. For example, playing Path of Exile, that's a, you know, that's a multiplayer game. I essentially play it by myself, which I'm fine with, and that's the method that I like to play. I like to play alone, even in Fallout, that's, you know, Fallout, Skyrim, those are, those are my kind of games. I like the single-player experience. I mean, I don't hate the multiplayer experience, but uh, you know, I prefer to play on my own and typically most role-playing games, although you're starting to see a lot more multiplayer now, typically most role-playing games are alone. And if you're just looking at the conference that they just had, they had smash. That's a multiplayer experience. I mean, you can play it alone, but it's a multi, I consider a multiplayer experience. You have Mario party. Obviously that's a multiplayer experience. They hit Octopath and fire emblem, um, I'm not sure if Fire Emblem is going to have any multiplayer aspect to it, but those are single player um, experiences. But then you go into Starlink and uh, what is uh, it, da- Damon X? Well, yeah, yeah. And, I think those and, are again multiplayer experiences. And also, I mean, Pokemon Let's Go, um, yep. Pichu and Eevee. I mean, like, I mean, in a way that's definitely multiplayer. So yeah, yeah. So their their E3 conference showed that they have a lot of multiplayer games, and maybe people were kind of concerned about that maybe i'm not sure i think though that it it is good because i mean i am sort of with you i traditionally play single player games so i did like this quote-unquote news just a reassurance really uh but i mean i wasn't necessarily concerned because i mean nintendo has sort of traditionally Mm -hmm. put out incredible single player games. In fact, one of their biggest criticisms recently has been like the state of their online because they're not used to having these gigantic online ecosystems um, with, you know, vast multiplayer experiences. Uh, so, you know, that's never been their wheelhouse. And I, I right. didn't really feel like they were just abandoning single player altogether. That wasn't a fear of mine. I mean, if you look at last year, I mean, they put out Mario Odyssey, they put out Breath of the Wild, right. they put out Xenoblade Chronicles 2. So those Mass- were three. Those were like massive single player experiences. That is a thousand hours between mm-hmm. those three games easily. Right. Uh, so they, they did that. Uh, like you alluded to, we do have, you know, some of those smaller tier games with Fire Emblem coming out, uh, what was announced, but it's coming out, I guess, next year. Um, so, uh, so I, I mean, I think we're still going to get the single player and like, we'll still get other iterations of those temple franchises. I think Metroid eventually is going to be single player. Mm-hmm. We do have, I didn't include it, you know, uh, in our conversation here because it's not an RPG, but Yoshi, uh, I think we're going to get more sure. news of that. In fact, that was sort of confirmed that we're going to get more news of Yoshi uh, coming out later this year. Not the game, but news coming out later this year. Right. So, I mean, I think single player is on the horizon. is looking good. It's looking fine. You know, the, the fact of Fortnite coming, the fact of Smash coming, you know, all these things. I think that honestly just means that Nintendo is moving into a more balanced you know, balanced business approach. And that's okay. Uh, They're the show in progression. Do you know what I mean? It it seems the way that everyone is going, you know, they're going with the multiplayer experience 
everyone else has Fortnite, everyone else has these PUBGs and all this stuff. So I want Nintendo to have that stuff. Even though I don't play it myself, it means that their 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 brand is reaching out, which I'm mm-hmm. fine with. I'm definitely fine with. I think it's really interesting. I've been watching a lot, you know, of my Twitter my Twitter feed and everything. There's a lot of play, a lot of people playing uh, Fortnite Switch. Mm-hmm. You know, I, like if they're playing on console, they're playing on Switch. I, that surprised me a little bit because I just figured that you know if people would hunker down in their you know their home console. Right. version if they liked it but there's a lot of people playing switch the fact that it's cross compatible with xbox uh, helps a lot i know that right. but yeah yeah, yeah. so uh yeah so moving on we've got an interesting article here from bleedingcool.com uh, and this kind of goes along with a question that firestream asked i think it was like actually a couple weeks ago we touched on it a little bit last week but we want to kind of dive in a little bit deeper this week uh, Firestream's question was, do you think we will see a Switch hardware revision anytime soon? Now, this is a creative answer or a creative response to that because uh, it's not an official Nintendo hardware update or hardware revision. But I think this is really, really neat. So I'm sure you can find this story, uh, you know, other places as well. But coming from bleedingcool.com, uh, it says that uh, the company Fangamer is going to they're currently experimenting with a design to make a what's called a flip grip edition for the Nintendo Switch. And this little piece of hardware is a a, a slide in, a, a thing for your uh, for your actual tablet to slide into and then your Joy-Cons to slide into, but the kicker is that the tablet is sitting in portrait mode mm-hmm. or vertical instead of horizontal. So this is a, a brand new, like this opens up, you know, brand new ways to play the switch. We saw in the Mario party, uh, glimpses of gameplay, how they're all, they're already playing with, you know, the different ways that you can, yeah. or yeah, or, you know, orientate your, your switch. So uh, I think it's really neat if this goes through, if this actually happens, I think this will be a really cool, in my opinion, first step at what people can do with this, piece of hardware and i think it's a really great testament to what the switch is Mm -hmm. and how versatile it can be you know moving forward yeah i just think it's you know just the engineering on all these things coming out for the this one piece of heart this the system like everybody's like thinking of all these these different ways to use this console and it just it is so so cool about i mean i'm just thinking about what games could we see utilize this? You know, obviously pinball. Uh, pinball would be imagine like an RPG based pinball machine. I wonder how they could do that. But you know, just thinking pinball. Do you have those uh, those shooters? Um, I forget what kind. They're they're specific uh, genre. I don't recall what they are. But those those t- particular type of shooters. I mean, what else could they do? So, so uh, to you know, expand on what you're saying, um, the article does pose the question. You know, the idea is to create a way for gamers. Uh, so, you might be wondering to yourself why anyone would like to play this kind of design. Uh, and it says the idea is to create a way for gamers to play classic games or titles that have a more arcade feel to them. Mm-hmm. And that's right in line with go. what you're saying. The design itself looks pretty uh, around. 
uh, uh, the writing here is, is really weird, but it's, you're essentially buying an adapter that will fit the screen into the center, orientated uh, portrait, and then it will slide the, the Joy-Cons on either side. And as it points out, Lab, Labo, uh, Nintendo Labo is already proven. Joy-Cons work fine, not mm-hmm. connected actually in the, the Switch itself. So that's totally fine. But it gives it a nice grip, nice solid um, you know, foundation. And uh, that way, you know, nothing is weird. But yeah, I mean, I think as far as what kinds of games we could see, it's a little arcade machine. Right. Of, because of that portrait orientation, so and I think there I, is. I'm a, thinking of things like Galaga and, and yeah, there you and, go. Yeah. Um, that's that's kind uh, of what I was thinking about. What was the other one? Galaga and I can't remember the other one. Yeah, but okay. all those kinds of things. Yeah, right. I mean, but the, like you said, this just opens things up to a, a different way of playing. Yeah, you know. So very cool. Very cool. And uh, yeah, so to connect that back to Firestream, what are some what are some things? I think this is the first step in seeing some of those hardware revisions. They may not be strictly Nintendo based, like this one right now. I think is in the Kickstarter phase, so uh, we'll see. You know, if there is a demand for it. If there is, I think that we'll see other companies and other you know maybe small time you know tinkers take a look at the Switch, take a look at what the hardware can accomplish, what what it can do with games i think that we'll start seeing some other peripherals from other people you know right so not sure if you saw it because it was actually just before we started recording nintendo of america uh, tweeted out and and it's actually a video on youtube where the motorcycle labo uh, edition they actually they're integrated with mario kart 8 now really yeah fully integrated they patched it up and everything so Again, you're already starting to see these things being integrated into software that was already pre-existing. So we're we're seeing a lot of cool, cool stuff now, and it's it's really nice. Yeah, I think that's awesome. So so maybe we'll get we'll we'll see some other sort of hardware updates and revisions and additions mm-hmm. and things like that as we move forward for for different things. And then as that happens, I think software will in turn turn around and update yeah. itself too. And we'll get new software stuff that is built strictly for the portrait view. I think it'd be, I think it'd be great. Yeah. All right. Uh, so moving on, we'll we'll talk. We'll touch on this. I kind of wanted, I wanted to get your sort of feeling here, Geo. But from Business Insider, I included an article that uh, that there says that Microsoft and Nintendo just teamed up to take a powerful shot at Sony's exclusionary ps4 policy now for those of you who for whatever reason has sort of missed all of these recent conversations having uh, been having on twitter and through news outlets and things like that microsoft and nintendo took another step forward in sort of a collaboration and friendship that i think has been happening for i mean ever since really the switch launched mm-hmm. um when they allowed uh when they they brought the the bedrock update to uh, Minecraft switch edition. And we talked about this last week fairly extensively. I picked it up. I'm having an absolute blast with it to confirm. I don't know if you have or not yet geo, but it is a free digital download for those who own the Nintendo switch edition. And in fact, what I think is pretty cool is it doesn't necessarily update that, but it downloads a new, uh, a new save. So it's like a whole new icon 
or yeah yeah whole new icon so you can oh, still okay. jump for whatever reason if you wanted to jump back into the specific switch version you can okay but if you go into what is now just minecraft uh it is uh cross play with xbox um and also you you sign in with your uh your um your xbox your microsoft id or whatever it's called xbox live live account what? yeah yeah your live okay. account you actually sign into it you know through the the minecraft uh app on your switch and so you you can collect your achievements to go toward your xbox live account oh so the, even the achievements crossover even the achievements yeah holy cow yeah because i right now i've got it i've got the microsoft 10 edition on my computer mm-hmm. i've got uh, the Minecraft on Switch, I was gaining achievements on there, and it was also pinging me whenever I would 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 gain them on the Switch. I could I could track my progress on my Xbox Live account on my PC. Yeah. So I don't exactly have my Xbox plugged in, but I know as soon as I fire up Minecraft, it'll show those achievements that I've yeah. that I've uh, okay uh, achieved. So anyway, I say all that to say that it was another step in sort of this friendship. Or collaboration, this team up between Microsoft uh, between Microsoft and Nintendo. This article uh, also outlines sort of PlayStation's stance, Sony's stance on some of these issues. Obviously, Fortnite was a huge, huge, uh, hot issue uh, coming out of E3 because that is a yet another game that Sony isn't playing nicely with some of the other consoles. Yep. You now have crossplay, cross progression between switch and xbox and pc on fortnite so that's another game that is welcoming everything okay so the reason i want to talk about this i want to get your your opinions on this geo is what do you what do you think about this team up and what do you think that that may you know spell in the you know next few years moving forward you know with this sort of type of team up that we kind of haven't ever seen before what it's really going to affect is going to affect the people. Like I said, I'm not an online. I don't do the Fortnite. I don't do Rocket League. I don't do... I play Minecraft, but I just... Again, I do it locally. So, for the people who play it on online, for the multiplayer aspect, PS4 is a, sells really well. So, they're bound to have friends who have a PlayStation 4. Now, where is that going to move? Is the PlayStation 4 friend going to buy a Switch? Or is the Switch friend going to buy a PS4? I mean, I if I had to think about it, I would want to, <laughs> me personally, I would want to switch. I mean, I can take this thing anywhere. You know, it just has that aspect where you can, it's mobile, you can take it anywhere, and it's playing these games fine. You know, it's 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 not the console quality. I th- for the most part, anyways. Yeah. But I I'm I'm trying to project out how is this going to affect PlayStation. Now they have the upper hand. There's no doubt about that. They have the upper hand. They have so outsold everybody here in the console war. They've outsold everyone. There's no doubt about it. But how will that affect them going down the line? I'm not entirely sure, but I, I'm I'm gonna say it has to negatively affect them. It has to. I I, I agree. I agree. And I'm ta- I'm gonna take this a slightly different route uh, just to look at something a little bit different. The reason why I'm kind of excited about this, I definitely think that in the long run, this is going to hurt Sony. I definitely mm-hmm. think, I think, I think it's got to, uh, but what I find interesting is this is sort of a philosophy that we've never really seen before. Uh, as far as consoles have, have gone the past decade, decade and a half, uh, because everything up until this point has been so insular and so isolated. Like, 
you're locked into your Nintendo uh, ecosystem, you're locked into your PlayStation ecosystem and Xbox, blah, blah, blah. But now that we've sort of like gotten this this sort of philosophy change, and I definitely think it is because Sony is, you know, the, the front runner quite yeah. easily this sure. generation. I mean, obviously, Xbox and Nintendo has to look at that and say, okay, what can we do to not necessarily catch up and pass them, but just like the 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 sort of a meme going around right now but one of the slides in their marketing video for the Minecraft thing was survive together right, right. so i mean i yep. think that is the heart and soul of what this is this is a survival tactic but i also think it's a philosophical tactic too because i think it's really interesting that you've got Xbox who seems to be fairly confident in in, in where they are they're building for the future but now they're looking at Nintendo and they may be saying you know what Nintendo has the handheld market on lockdown. Like yeah. nobody's touching that. Like Sony doesn't seem to be doing anything with the Vita. It's it's dying out. They don't seem to be bringing in maybe a Vita 2 as a competitor. Mobile gaming isn't necessarily, I mean, it's not going to do anything to Nintendo. I think Nintendo has carved out a really good corner of gaming right now, right. especially with the 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 dock you're able to yeah it's a hybrid cast it to the now TV. right so I think I think this is really interesting I'm I'm going to be interested to see if Nintendo if this is like the new norm but anyway so I think they have the handheld thing on lockdown I think Microsoft looks at that and they say you know what Nintendo's really not our competitor because the people who love Xbox games aren't necessarily going to go out and get Nintendo games and leave Xbox right, right? you kind of have Nintendo I would say this is a blanket statement, but I would say that most people who have Nintendo also probably have another console. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, that is completely generalized and I understand that there are people who are solely in the Nintendo camp, but I think that a lot of people also either have an Xbox or a PlayStation. I know you're one of those. You have an Xbox. Yeah. I'm one of those. I have a PlayStation. I also have an Xbox, but I've always leaned PlayStation, but I think that Xbox in an interesting sort of route and decision here, looks at Nintendo and isn't scared. Uh, and I think that's wise because I think that Nintendo isn't really competing with Xbox because the types of games that come out, f- you know, for those systems aren't really overlapping. Like you're no. like, you're not, Nintendo is not putting out a halo competitor or, right. or a gears competitor. Right. And, uh, and I think they're, they're, they're kind of doing a smart thing with the games that are on both systems, such as Fortnite or uh, rocket league. That was a, that was a fantastic uh, example that you talked about earlier, instead of being like, you know what, we're scared of the competition there. Let's just make it cross platform and cross progression because then what that would allow is encourage people to get it on both systems and they can play it on the switch when they're on the go. And when mm-hmm. they're at home, maybe they'll play it on Xbox. Like it's not taking anything away. So I think it's a really interesting philosophy that I hope continues Mm-hmm. And Xbox looks at Nintendo and Nintendo looks at Xbox and they go, you know what? We're not really enemies here. We don't have games that compete with one another. So why not let, I mean, not, I'm not saying become one company, but let Nintendo do what Nintendo does well. And that is cute, charming, uh, solid games with really good IP handheld they really focus on handheld they've known handheld for forever and then let xbox be continue to continue what xbox has been for for years right but you you're going to have the competition between xbox and playstation because they typically have say for example call of duty okay 
that's 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 going to compete. It's not like Nintendo. Nintendo's never going to. I mean, I'm not going to say never, but you know, right. Nintendo typically doesn't have Call of Duty with multiplayer. So Xbox isn't right. Like you had said, Xbox is not so concerned. But with the other side of the fence, PlayStation and Xbox, they could potentially have issues with sales. You know, it's going to be you're going to have the consumer who could possibly have both of those systems. Who are they going to buy it for? And maybe that's where Sony is coming from. You know, they want to they want to have their own their own stuff, you know? So I, I, for me, I think it's, it's awesome. Cause you get this, you get a bigger pool, especially for these free to play games. You have this giant pool of, of players and you just, it just has to be better. You know, I don't know. I, yeah, no, I mean, I'm totally with you. I, I, and I hope, I hope that this isn't just a one-time thing. It seems like it's not going to be like they could have just, they could have just put out the update for Minecraft and just treated it as like, Hey, you know, here's another way that you can play Minecraft. But I mean, Xbox and Nintendo came out with a video together that outlined, yeah. Hey, it's us together. And they've had this whole social media storm where they're throwing so much shade towards Sony yeah. and the, the lack of inclusion on Sony's part. And it's just so it's like, it's like vague insult after vague insult, you know, Hey, you want to play Fortnite together? You know, like, hey, Nintendo, you want to play yeah. Fortnite together? You know, I mean, now, it's just- obviously the bigger, the big meme was survive together. I hope that people don't take it as like these, this needs to happen because they need to, this, they need this to survive. I don't think that at all. Xbox is going to do fine on there if they were on their own. Nintendo's going to do five, fine on their own. Obviously it was survive, you know, in Minecraft. But I mean, it just, it's, it's just gaming as a whole when you, when you have these, these integrations it's just got it's going to benefit us you know the people who play the games mm-hmm. yeah and i mean i think that i think that ps3 the ps3 xbox 360 uh generation proves hey sony survived through mm-hmm. that on their own and now look at you know where they are look a nintendo with the wii u survived that look at where they are with the switch you're totally right they could have totally made it through this generation on their own. So it definitely isn't, I don't think, in my opinion, I don't think it's a desperate move. I think it's no. a smart move. And I think yeah. they look at this as a way to maybe moving forward, say, you know what, if we can't kill the giant, let's team up and, you know, make the best of this situation. And I, and I am curious to see, you know, if the tide does turn back toward Xbox as it was in the 360 generation, if in that next generation, Xbox is the leader, I am curious as to what that friendship with Nintendo looks like when they're in the driver's seat. And if it continues, I think that's fantastic. Yeah. And I think that's when you're going to see it. You're not going to see it this gen. You're going to see it next generation. Mm -hmm. Um, I think for, for, for Xbox, they're done. They're done. You know, they're, they're already talking about the next generation console. Their, their exclusives are not so great in my opinion. And again, I'm an Xbox I have an Xbox One X and I play Path of Exile, which is a free game. Um, so, yeah, I, I think they, they're kind of in a way just already moved on. And hopefully they get those, you know, Horizon Zero Dawns on the next console. They get they get those games that PlayStation's kind of putting out there. And because I would like to see Xbox do better, honestly. Ninja Theory. Yes. Uh, all right. Uh 
Moving on, we've got uh, something that you put in here from Nintendo Everything. That is that, uh, and this is, I did not know this. This is cool. The Final Fantasy XIV director says discussions are still quote unquote ongoing with Nintendo for a Switch version. Um, what you got on this? Is this just sort of a, a rumor? Or is this something that this actually maybe possibly happening? Um, it it is is a little bit more of a rumor, but the director is talking. Um, I forget. I'm trying to load the article here at the same time. Um, but the director is talking about having it eventually on a switch or something, something to that effect. And one second, and they uh, they were I'm even sorry. discussing it way back when it was the mm-hmm. Nintendo NX. Um, so let's see. Our last update was in November. This is again on N- Nintendo Everything. Our last update was in November of last year when director slash producer. Naoki Yoshida said that he wants an MMORPG on as many platforms as possible. And I'm Sounds like guessing, Todd Howard. Yeah. So I'm guessing that, you know, it, it has to include that. And he does, I believe he does go on and state that he would like it on, on the Switch. So I've never played Final Fantasy XIV. I'm not sure if you have. Yeah, yeah. But I would, I would love to see a true MMO on, on the Nintendo switch. And I think you're going to see that once the Nintendo online has been up for a little bit, because their online infrastructure is, I want to say non-existent because it's, it's more of a peer to peer system. It's not a, you know, it's not a server based system. So once that gets fleshed out, you're going to see the multiplayer, the, the, the bigger games like that, that are more reliant on these systems to you're going to see a lot more of them and i would love to see this i've never played it i've only watched videos of it it's, it's a great it's great just ask me ball sub it's great um is 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 final fantasy 14 on the xbox um i believe it is um maybe not final i'm not fantasy sure 14 i don't know xbox is We're going to do some research. No, doesn't look like it. It says that the director wants one on the Xbox. Yeah. That was back in 2017. Okay, so it's not. But if they if they do, if they put it on the Switch and the Xbox, then guess who gets to play together? Probably those people. Yeah, I mean, it, again, yes. In the article, it says discussions are also taking place with Nintendo to see if Final Fantasy 14 can come to the Switch and Xbox One with crossplay with the PC and PS4 version. So I'm not sure, you know, maybe not that, but... <laughs> I I don't know I, I I doubt that I doubt that uh, PS4 can play with uh, PC players though right um yeah cool so I that that's great I am totally with you would love to see an MMO on the Switch I think that that game runs on it uh it might have to be scaled back a little bit but I mean like if it can run on lower end PCs mm-hmm. should be able to run here is it going to look as gorgeous as maybe PS4 Pro no. Uh, but that's okay. That's okay. I mean, I, if my thing is if Fortnite can run and like if Xenoblade Chronicles two can run decently and I think, you know, it as runs people, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And as people, you know, continue to learn how to optimize for the system. Sure. I think we're going to, I think we're going to see something. And the thing is like, I guess hardcore MMO people are probably going to flame me here a little bit, but I like, I mean, since it's not action combat, I mean like, you know, performance isn't necessarily the, the the biggest factor, 
Right. Uh, you know, I guess, you know, if you're in a raid with a hard boss, like uh, a frame here or there could mean, you know, the difference between life and death. So, I mean, I get that, but I think this has a great chance because it's already on consoles. It's already been made for consoles. So you've already figured that part out of it. So and it now has an install just, base as well. Exactly. So now it's just putting it on new platform on the go. If you get cross progression. Even if you don't get cross-platform, I think you've got to be able to get cross-progression yeah. in there because, you know, if you have somebody with a 1,000 hours on their PC or their PlayStation, I doubt that they're going to pick this up and start over, you know? Right. But if you say, hey, your account carries over, I think you got you got a chance. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right, so let's move on to uh, Jimatsu article, and uh, this is yet another uh, another article that sort of pairs with a question that we had for this week. A uh, question from Captain Volger is: What exclusive content do you think they're making for Dragon Quest XI on the Switch version? Uh, and the article that we have here from Jimatsu says that Square Enix can't say anything right now about the additional content uh i'll read a little bit um it says a question regarding the additional elements in the switch ports of dragon quest builders and dragon quest heroes one and two are there plans to add those to the playstation 4 versions downloadable content will the switch version have additional elements uh you mayaki says it's the first time we were porting both Dragon Quest Builders and Dragon Quest Heroes 1 and 2 just as they are. Up till now, the content of our ports has changed a fair amount. PlayStation 4 and Switch have a quite different customer base, and a bit of time has passed, so we have to make up the difference one way or another. Giving this back to PlayStation 4 version would be difficult. I can't say anything about the Dragon Quest 11. He laughs. There are promotional plans in the works from here on out, so we'll be releasing more information when the time comes so i mean that was sort of a roundabout he's uh, you know dodging pr dodging the question right. a little bit but uh i mean i think that the, there's a great point to be made and that is because we're getting the version late you got to entice people to get it somehow yeah you have so, to include all the dlc i mean if there, are, the DLC. if there is dlc yeah you, you have to right you have to kind of sweeten the pot here and you've got to Nintendo it up a little bit. You talked about this with Dark Souls. Yep. We didn't necessarily get our, our our Dark Souls, you know, Nintendo Fi at E3 like like we thought we might. But I mean, I think you got a you got a chance here. Uh, Captain Vulgar says that he's personally hoping for amiibo compatibility for outfits and weapons. Um, I think that that's easily obtainable. That, that might be all it is, and and I'm okay with that. So I mean I guess is that is that saying that we would get new amiibo of like Dragon Quest characters? That would be awesome. Or or <laughs> is he talking about current amiibo? You scan it in and maybe you get like a costume of Link. Why why not both? Uh, why, I not mean, both? why not both? I mean yeah you can you can um you can scan some old amiibo, get a Link costume, get a Mario costume, get a Waluigi costume because he's not liked anywhere. But yeah, why why couldn't you get like the Dark Souls Solar amiibo? Right. I mean, it's right. it's possible. I, I think. Uh, oh, true. Th- they did come out with an amiibo for for Dark Souls. Okay. Yeah. Right, so yeah. so I think I think this is not out of the question at all. 
Yeah. To okay. Have yeah. 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 So I, I definitely think that. And I think I think that the Dragon Quest characters and and that series fits well with Nintendo. I mean, it it is adventurous. It looks pretty and cute. You know. So I think, hey, let's go for it. We're not getting Final Fantasy on the Switch, so might as well get something. Yeah. It's too bad. All right, that actually wraps up the news. And uh, yeah, that was quite lengthy, but uh, a lot of good stuff. Uh, Gio, why don't we uh, talk about what we've been playing this week? What have you What have you got other than Path of Exile? What have you been playing? Why do you say it like... You know, because, I mean, I, I, like you could say Path of Exile every week. Come on. Yeah, but you like kind of... It's like a little demeaning, I think. <laughs> and I'm a little offended by that. Have you did played you Path of free? Exile? Don't, no, did you don't, say it was free? It is free. And it's awesome. I, I mean, then I should play it. You should play it. It's on Xbox? I play, of course, yes. It's on PC as well. I don't okay. know if they crossplay, but I. But is I have, it multiplayer? I have such a good. I'm sorry. Is it multiplayer? It is. I mean, I know that you hate playing multiplayer games, but I mean, I, I would not. Play with I you. will not play I with mean, you because you're you're demeaning. And oh, okay, okay. <laughs> what have you been playing? What have you been playing? Um, I've been. I played the Octopath uh, demo. I think I mentioned that. Did I mention that last week? Maybe. Yeah. Did you get a chance to play that at all? No. No. What are you waiting for? Christmas. I'll tell you what I. Well, I'll tell you why I haven't played it. I'll tell you in, in why is a few seconds after you finish. Okay. Well, yeah, I've been playing a ton of Path of Exile. Honestly, I, I've already leveled up my character. I think he's or she is around forty something. Started a new character. So oh, okay. my other character was max level. I wanted to kind of start anew. So I created a you witch character, and that, she you, is awesome. You wanted to get that experience all over again. It's a totally different experience. I was playing as a you know melee character. Now I'm a I'm a minion minion build it's, it's totally different play style Ooh, you're getting nerdy man whoa easy see <laughs> this is why i don't talk uh, to you anymore <laughs> uh okay so here's the reason i haven't jumped into the octopath traveler um because i was playing uh banner saga 2 for uh, review we got a review code from the folks over at stoic for banner saga 2 so i was playing that finished that uh, if you haven't read my Banner Saga one review, you should go do that uh, on on SwitchRPG.com. Uh, gives sort of a rundown, spoiler free rundown of the game, and gives my opinions on it. Uh, my opinions of two, you will find out in my review forthcoming. Uh, spoiler is a lot of the same for me. Like my opinions haven't really changed. I I'm still loving it. And uh, if you sort of keep up with me on Discord, I posted in the Banner Saga uh, channel that I celebrated finishing Banner Saga 2 by starting Banner Saga 1 again. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, I guess, my new path of exile, you know? <laughs> like, um, I, I've, I, I kind of talked about last week, I think, a little bit about, like, how this, honestly, and I'm not, like... I'm not throwing this around lightly, but like I think that this is like top five or top three for me as far as favorite games that I've ever played mm-hmm. uh, because it clicks all the all the things that I need for it to click uh, tonally gameplay. And the thing is, the reason that I, I I started over is because by the time you get to the end of Banner Saga Two, you feel like you have a gra- you finally feel like you have a grasp on the combat system because 
you might think that it's pretty simple, but there's a there's there's some depth there. There's some there's some depth in the different strategies you can do with the special abilities and how you actually damage enemies. Like once you get a grasp, you start to master it. You feel like, oh wow, you know, let, let me do this again. I have not broached it on hard yet because I enjoy life right now, <laughs> but. I, I am going back through and I've actually got a choices guide on my second playthrough. I played both one and two blind the first time because that's how you should play it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then the second time, because I kind of want to get like the perfect playthrough and I want my beloved heroes to not sure. die brutally this time. I do have a choices guide and that's been pretty fun to, to look at the different choices and the different consequences that come from them. So I'm playing my perfect playthrough right now. Now you've obviously you've played them both now. Did they did much change? Obviously the story is going to be different, but did much change say mechanically from one to two? Okay, so um, the fantastic question. So with the story, it is actually a continuation. Like mm-hmm. I mean, direct continuation. So as soon as I pop it in and and see, okay, we're picking up days after the other one, weeks after the other one, but like it's direct continuation we're still on that same journey i you know i was i was starting to wonder uh what what is going to change gameplay wise because i was thinking well maybe this is literally just like a part two mm-hmm. and it's the it's the same game just advanced Continued a little bit. i was wrong i was wrong because they they did do a <clears> lot <throat> of a lot of minor things in battles to make them really really more interesting so you've got a little bit wider variety of enemy types that you see uh which changes things up you also have um you also have some i don't know if they're random or scripted but you have some um things happen during battle like you have um reinforcements come in for the enemy uh you know at times so that makes the battles seem a little bit more even more intense than they were before it brings an extra element of challenge. But then you also have almost like environmental factors too, that you didn't have in one, like there will be these creatures that will, will come through the map. Sometimes they'll attack you. Sometimes they won't. Cause they're just, they're just like creatures. Mindless. They're not so, necessarily yeah. the enemy, but uh, you can attack them. They can really, really mess you up because you know, you might be, uh, because I mean it's a grid based combat so like you're you're moving spaces like a chessboard and you got like the path to the enemy that you need to take or you really want to like get a final killing blow on somebody and this this creature will come up and bl- either block your path or attack you and maybe kill one of your guys or just like wreak havoc and it's just it's annoying in all the good ways <laughs> um then the other thing is like uh because you can either start the game without importing a save and what what that will do is that will sort of set your uh characters to a quote-unquote appropriate level or you can import your save um so the thing is that once you max out certain stats you can spec you can go into like these specializations and so within each stat you can uh the the level ups that you that you obtain in this game you can start to max out those specializations to really branch out your different characters. So you can have two archers on the battlefield that perform completely different roles that behave completely differently, that take damage completely differently. So like it really does a great job of 
giving you all of the basics and the foundation from the first game and exploring them, expounding upon them and making them really fun. So yeah, they, 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 they did definitely enough in my opinion to, to make it worth getting two sure. if you enjoyed one and boy, am I excited for three. So they, they've done their job. Did they have a release date on that? You know, I thought they were. I'm pretty sure. July yes. Sounds familiar yes. to me. July sounds familiar. Um, looking it up, July 24th. Oh, cool. And just about a month. You know, I don't know. Yes, and yes, the that is that is all all consoles July 24th. Fantastic. Nice. So. Yeah, look uh, look for my review of Banner Saga 2 coming up uh, pretty, pretty soon. In my review of... Pa- no, I don't do reviews. Sorry. <laughs> review of pa- Xbox Path of Exile. So wait, <laughs> so wait. If if Nintendo and Xbox continue like being friends, does that mean we can like review Xbox games too? I, I, Fire I don't shoot, know. Can we review Xbox RPGs too? Like, is that is that a thing? <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll have to make like a sub-site called Xbox RPG. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be that'd be that'd be easy because there's like two of them. No, come on, there's more than that. <laughs> uh, all right, let's look at let's look at what's going on sale this week, and uh, and then what what else is releasing? Uh, we got Ambition of Slimes, uh, which is uh, three fifty. We got Battleship Brigade, which is eleven ninety nine. I really want to pick that game up. We got Bit Dungeon Plus at seven nineteen. We got Earthlock at nineteen seventy three. Joe Deaver's Lone Wolf at nine seventy four. Kamiko at two ninety nine and Plague Road for a measly one dollar ninety three percent off on that one. Oof. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so cool thing, cool update that we had. I think it was last week. We now put the percentage off on on the website. So not only from the main page of SwitchRPG.com can you see what games are on sale, what RPGs are on sale, but you can also see the percentage off, which really works with my brain because that's really cool. Because whenever you had like two prices, I'm like. It seems like a pretty good drop, but like seeing the percentage, I'm like, hey, it's half off. Yeah, great. Uh, releasing this week, starting on the 25th, we've got uh, East 8 Lacrimosa of Dana on uh, June 26th. So when you're listening to this, that would have been yesterday. So if you like East is 8, if you like the S series, then then eight, eight's right there with you. I would okay. actually, I would love to play that game. It's, it's, it's just going to take me way too long and it might bleed into Octopath and I don't want that to happen. So it's just, that game is just hitting, hitting at the wrong time. At a bad me. time. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel the exact same way about Shining Resonance Refrain, okay. uh, which is coming out on, on July 10th, three days before Octopath. Yeah. And that is a expansive, huge RPG. So I, you know, I, I would love to jump into it. It seems very, um, uh, the people in the Discord are talking about it seems very Tales series ish, with a little bit extra. I would love to jump into it, but Octopath is the thing that everything else revolves around for me right now. So, except you haven't played the demo, so your opinion doesn't matter. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> uh, all right, so we've got uh, listener questions here. We've got a lot of great questions. Uh, hopefully we can we can get to all of them. I think yeah, let's just get to all of them. Um, uh, first off, we got a question a question from our one of our um, mods 
rich. And this is sort of uh, throwing back to what we talked about last episode with uh, Geo's replacement switch. Mm-hmm. He lost his switch and then got a replacement. Uh, and Rich wanted to know what the process for that was like getting the new switch set up and activated for someone who like I, I I haven't had to go through that. What was that process like, Gia? The process was painful uh, in the aspect that I lost all my stuff. Okay, sure. yeah, yeah. But other so, than that, you know, I talked to I don't remember the rep's name, but he was he was extremely helpful. He you know he felt extremely bad for my situation. Um, but basically he had, I just had to give him some, uh, some information just to kind of verify that it was me. You know, we went through that process and he got the new, the, you know, he asked for the new serial number and it was really, really straightforward. Now he did state that with the, uh, with the other, um, with the other switch that's missing, he did state that that system is now flagged. So they have potentially a way for when that comes back online or shows up somehow that law enforcement will get involved and potentially I could get it back potentially he said more often than not they you know you may not see it but there's a potential that we may be contacting you which would be fantastic I would love that but you know otherwise it was it was fairly smooth now the uh my because when I initially got the switch i tried to sign in and it stated that my primary account was on a different console so that's exact that's the reason why i had to call so i got that all switched over i re-downloaded any downloadable games any downloadable content i got all my stuff back in that aspect but everything else like game saves obviously i missed the boat i'm missing the boat on because that's not until the future but it was really really simple so the games, like once you were able to get back into your account, your games yep. were easy to download. Yeah, I just I just would look for the game, and it would just say it would say per, I think it said purchased or download now. Okay. It was it already showed that I purchased it. So again, Great. really straightforward, really easy. The people at Nintendo, and it's not the first time I've had to call people at Nintendo for a problem with my Switch or or otherwise. They they generally really cool, really helpful. Uh, I have never had an issue with them. Fantastic, awesome. I mean, I, I it still sucks about your game saves, obviously. And yeah. like, we need cloud saves now, and this is the reason. You're not the only one this has happened to. Sure. We knew going in this was going to be a problem, major problem. Like the fact that cloud saves weren't a thing at launch is uh, egregious. You know, it, I mean, it doesn't it's, even it's have just, to be cloud saves. Just let me save it on a thumb drive or sure, something, sure. or an external yeah. drive. Have or, some or the sort SD of backup. Card. Right, yeah. you have it right there. Yeah, absolutely, you know? Uh, so, anyway, but it's good to know once cloud saves are a thing or backup saves are a thing that the process of replacing seems to be fairly simple. So It is very simple, yeah. Uh, next question, the EPB on Twitter yep. wants to know, why isn't KH3 on Switch? Really? He says he just wants Sora and Smash Bros. I second that. Geo, uh, go go open your Snapple. Uh, get at, get out just, of here for a minute. And let, let me, me just let me talk back. about this is this is like your Dragon Age Origins rant. Let me just relax here. <laughs> uh, so why isn't it on Switch? I think it it comes down to where number one where Nintendo was at the time that this game started development because that's the thing that you've got to realize is that this game is already old 
uh, and you can <laughs> yeah. even see that in some of the, the graphics and some of to me sort of the sound the 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 sound design a little bit like it feels like an old game i've even had some of the people some of the the youtubers and podcasts influencers that that i follow they talked about how it feels like a pretty ps2 updated game like a i gotta tell you almost. It, it, it didn't impress me it didn't yeah, make me want yeah. to go out and buy it, but I'm sorry. I dig. I, what am I doing here? I'll back up. <laughs> so I mean, I think that's. I think that's the major thing. Look at when this thing started development, right. which was seven, eight years 14 ago. Fourteen years know? ago, right? Yeah. So I, I think if you look at where Nintendo was at that point, I mean, number one, you didn't have kingdom hearts on a main uh, on a on a home console for nintendo you had them on the handheld systems you had them on the the ds 3ds uh but you didn't have one on the home console and Mm -hmm. that's something that i mean up to that point kingdom hearts wasn't cross-platform really in that way like the mainline kingdom hearts games kingdom hearts 1 kingdom hearts 2 were both playstation 2 so you didn't have Xbox versions. You didn't at that time. Square wasn't really doing much with Xbox, but over time, Square has done more with Xbox. We're seeing KH3 go to Xbox. We're seeing, uh, I believe, the the compilations are. Ooh, I don't know if the compilations are going to Xbox. Possibly they are. I don't know. I don't know because now that I'm thinking about it, they showed the the all in one disc on the PlayStation thing so i don't know i don't know if they're going to xbox they need to but anyway up to that point they weren't on an xbox console they weren't on a nintendo home console so i think that's the thing is like an old business model thing Mm -hmm. for why we didn't get it number one cross-platform and then number two on, on on the switch once again we reiterate what we always talk about developers publishers didn't know what the switch was going to do back when it was the nx like yeah it was this sort of pie in the sky maybe this thing does okay but i mean people were talking about nintendo literally stopping hardware if this thing didn't do well right and then it comes out and it's a home run hitter but there was no way to really forecast that we didn't because we you know if you're talking about a wii u uh you know a wii u era nintendo and we don't believe in them as far as hardware goes and then they're coming out and saying hey we're going to make a hybrid system we're like yeah, but that sounds great, but it's not going to work. But then it did work. It, we see the success that it's having. Do I think that we might get it eventually? I hope so. Uh, I really, really hope so. I think that this series fits so well in Nintendo. It does have a history on Nintendo going way back. I mean, extremely way back. In fact, the second the second Kingdom Hearts game, not Kingdom Hearts 2, but the second game, it was a middle game between Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2, was on a Nintendo handheld. And then I think there has been two or three other Kingdom Hearts titles released on Nintendo handhelds. So the history is there. Will we get it? Fingers are crossed. So I have a feeling we'll get it. I mean, you see that with a lot of games where you're right, they're waiting to see if it's successful, number one, and then number two, they got to learn how to develop for it. So there's going to be a delay in that. And you're seeing that with uh, Dragon Quest Eleven. So potentially, because th- they're, they're missing out on a big section of, of the pie here. They're, they're going to want some of that. And I think I think it'll come. Um, 
kind of to backtrack a little bit, where were you during the NX phase? Were you thinking, I know you've mentioned that a few times, you know, where if, if it's not successful, they're going to continue doing hardware. I mean, not hardware. They're going to just do software and rather than hardware. Where were you in that stance? And, and I'll tell you before you, I'm sorry, before you answer that, I'm going to tell you where I was. I was, I was in the Wii U era, but I was under the impression that they're done. Especially if this thing bombs. I remember seeing kind of like rumors about what it looked like. And I'm like, this thing is a joke. There's no way, absolutely no way this thing is going to be successful. It's going to be some sort of hybrid. Like, And now all the things I thought it was going to be and I didn't like it for are what's making it so successful. Like the detachable Joy-Cons, the, the hybrid portion of it. And I just thought this would just bomb. I really did. What? What did? You, where were you in this? Uh, I I didn't think it was going to do this well. Um, I and and where I was looking at Nintendo as a whole, I thought if this thing didn't do well, that that possibly could have been the last console that we saw from them. Yep. I mean, you know, we we always we always hound the Wii U for good reason. I mean, abysmal sales. They didn't do a good job of knowing what it was it didn't have its own identity it it was this weird middle like they wanted to get into sort of like the portability and then also on on the tv it was like a hybrid hybrid type deal and it just didn't work it didn't have its own identity but at the same time if you look at the 3ds they, they there's, there's millions mm-hmm. millions of units out there like it sold those games sell really well so i could see a world where if their console dies if this idea of hybrid dies nintendo could just go to completely handheld you know development right. uh it might be sort of the last time that we see you know sort of the I, I really don't know i really don't know because then like is that the last time we see a breath of the wild type game you know because then everything is on a sort of lesser handheld system so i right. I, I don't know. I, I did think though that, that could be the last console that we saw from them. Yeah. Um, I, I and now I'm phone. hoping. Now I'm hoping that we have seen the last of the traditional home console for them, because I don't know how you go back from the Switch. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like okay. that may be a conversation from another day for another day. But like, can you just go back to stationary home console after the Switch? When when you have both in your house, and I know you, obviously you and I both have both. Again, let's go back to Path of Exile. There are so many times where I'm like, man, I wish I could just play because I play in my basement. I wish I could just play in my bedroom right now. It would just be so much better. And just the fact that you can do that, that changes the game. It changed the whole landscape of what you can do. And I'm not necessarily saying that PlayStation and Xbox have to go out and make a hybrid console. I Believe me, I would love it if they did. But I'm not even necessarily saying that. But I'm just saying, like, as a Nintendo, since you've done this, you've cracked the door. You've awakened the beast. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you can go back. Because, like, this is their edge, right? We yeah. talked about how, like, they're not really competing with the others. They never really have. I think that they tried to sort of in the Wii, Wii U era. And then we actually saw that the detriment of that, like, third party quit supporting them. Right because they can't compete on a hardware level, but they can compete on a creative level. And 
once you crack this hybrid door, I don't know how you can go back. I think at this point you just iterate what that hybridness is. Right. Maybe you phase out, you phase out the dock. You, you know, you go to maybe like a streaming stick type deal. I don't know. Like, I think that they'll figure out, but I think at this point, Nintendo is the hybrid people. Like, I, I, I don't know. So, um, so where was I? I was I was worried about them, but now I'm worried that they'll go back. Like I don't want them to go back. I want. I don't know to that they'll go Nintendo. back. I don't think so. At this point. All right, well, we got we got a question from Adam. Uh, he says, "What RPG port do you want to see from the Wii U slash PlayStation Three Xbox? Uh, I mean, I guess all the old consoles. Anyway, yeah. what uh, older RPG from sort of those those classic eras would you love to see? Uh, I would love to see Xenoblade. You know, I would love to play play those games over again." I would like to see, and you know, he does mention Xenoblade. He mentions Tokyo Mirage Sessions and Persona. Persona is another one. Uh, I never got to play those. I would love, 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 love to play those games on a Switch. Yeah, yeah. I I think Persona for me is is the huge one. I think is one that makes sense. Uh, Shin Megami Tensei, another Atlas game. I think yep. that really makes sense. Um, the um uh, the lost odyssey lost odyssey from xbox, xbox 360 yep uh i think that i've heard so many good things in fact one of my friends still says it's one of the best games ever made um i know a lot of people love uh was it Ooh, what last story uh all right so you know another sakaguchi game so I think those two make a lot of sense. Um, Why not have like, say, for example, uh, 3DS, like uh, Bravely, Bravely Defaults or Bravely Second. I wouldn't mind if that was maybe in their Nintendo Online, their iteration of whatever classic games is. Maybe that could be. uh, Okay. How did the second screen work on those? Was it just like a menu? Did they, I mean, did yeah, you're right. You're right. I didn't really think about that, but I'm sure, I'm sure they could figure, yeah, figure I mean, something. We got out. we got other 3ds games coming to the Switch, so yeah. I mean, they could figure out that second stream was essentially like a menu, so I mean, okay. or sub or sub menu or or whatever. So you could you could figure that out with with the button, you know, with the the minus button, bringing up the sub context, bringing up whatever career you want to change or update or whatever. So I'm sure you could figure it out. Um, he says also Xenoblade uh, Chronicles X. I personally would love to see the original Xenoblade Chronicles, especially yeah. now that we've got two. Two did really well. People love two. People love one as well. I know that there's the 3DS version, yeah. but I would just love to see. Let's get let's get it on the Switch too. Um, X is very very different than yeah. one yeah. and two. I mean, not bad different. Just just it's different. It's more explicit. Lacking in story, but it's major exploration based. The map is gigantic, but your your main objective really is to kind of explore the space, and there's just a lot of it. But it's very different than the story driven Xenoblade One and Two. I would love to see from the Final Fantasy series, like I mean, every Final Fantasy game, yes, but like as far as sort of like PlayStation Two era, I'd love to see the remakes of Ten and Twelve show yep. up. 
Uh, both of those games are favorites of mine. Uh, the 10 and 10 2 collection is on the Vita, so it, it can run on Switch, no problem. Sure. Uh, I, I do have a little bit of concern about the 12 because it was such a massive remake. Uh, as far as like the graphical fidelity and how pretty it looks on PCs and like PS4, I would, I, yeah, I'm worried a little bit about that, but I think you can figure it out. 12 is a game I could easily put 200 hours into. Um, I'm trying to think of some others. I know you'd love, you know, the manas, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah. I I don't know that you'll you'll see say say for example in the sixteen bit. Or I don't know that you're gonna you're gonna see that mm-hmm. in in the on the Switch. But you know you have Dawn of Mana that's on the PlayStation Two. That's probably the newest one. I'm just trying to think in my head. I believe that's the newest one. Um, uh, we've got uh, the the tales tales of tales the, of any of the Dragon the Quests. You yeah. know those would be cool. Bring them all. Tales of Vesperia. I, I'd love to see some more of the Tales games. I would love to see a lot of the Trails games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know uh, Meatball Sub talked about Trails in the Sky, Legend of Hero, Trails in the Sky. He's started it multiple times on Steam, and because it's at the computer and it's stationary, he just can't devote that much time sitting down at the computer. I'm the right. exact same way. I have it on Steam. I've started it multiple times. If it were on Switch, I, I guarantee you I'd be playing it right now. After I finished Banner Saga for a third time, I would be <laughs> playing it, you know? So I, I would love to see uh, Trails, Trails of Cold Steel and uh, Trails in the Sky. So, yeah, that, that, that's a list. That's a list. That's a good yeah, list. Quite a list. Let's, let's get it. Let's make it happen. Um, and then uh, we've also got a question from Adam. Uh, what is your favorite RPG soundtrack? Now we've we've kind of addressed this in the past, right? I think for me it was it was Secret of Mana, which is still up there. It's still up there for me. And for you, it's probably Dragon Age or something. I don't know. We'll- actually, no. Actually, no. Like I, I do love the music of Dragon Age, but it's definitely not. It's not anywhere near my favorite. Actually, okay. well, so. Xenoblade Two, I was gonna say, has kind of taken over that number one spot with the with the loss of my old switch i kind of started playing it a little bit and i really because you you, when you first play a game it's hard to take everything in it really is i mean i put a lot of time into it but it really kind of it was hard to take everything in and then everything you just get used to everything but i was going into it again and i just noticed that the music is really really good really good i love it just it sounds like I'm at a live not a live performance, but I don't know, it has that feel for me of a live performance and it just it's awesome. It's awesome. So uh, if you I would have to if say you them. if you haven't really taken the time and listened to the original Xenoblade Chronicles, that soundtrack is actually one of my favorites ever. Okay. Um and then also Final Fantasy Six uh is I, I, I still think sort of holds the number one spot for me. Uh, but the Xenoblade Chronicles original, like that is a soundtrack I just turn on by itself. No game needed. Um, so that that's just absolutely gorgeous. Um, nice. Uh, yeah, I mean, I really like the Witcher soundtracks, actually. Uh, it, I, I have those on Apple Music. Uh, you want to talk about like a great sort of gritty fantasy soundtracks or like uh all game game of thrones right 
that type of music feels very medieval, like true medieval. Okay. I really like The Witcher. Like Witcher 2 has just a phenomenal soundtrack. So, yeah. Now, is it more like ambient music? Say, for example, no, like no. in Skyrim. I consider, no, no. I mean, Skyrim has like its theme song, I guess you could call it. But I feel like everything else is kind of like ambient. Like there really is no like you go in a winter winter hold winter fell. I'm missing. I'm mixing up my winter places. But if you go there, it's it's kind of the same music everywhere. Basically, I feel. Yeah, yeah. I, I we're we're on the same page as far as Elder Scrolls. Like the theme is up there for one of my one of my favorites. But like soundtrack as a whole, forget a forgettable. I'm yeah, right, right. throwing a, a wide net there. But no. Witcher completely different. Uh, I would say there are, if you're listening to like the full soundtrack, you will find some, but like Witcher two soundtrack, you could almost go beginning to end. And it is a great, like pump you up, like excitement. Like I'm saying, it is like true medieval less. I would say, uh, I would say elder Scrolls definitely has a fantasy feel to it. It feels Lord of the Ringsy. And Witcher has like the medieval feeling of like Game of Thrones. So it's funny that you mentioned the Witcher too, because you know I play tabletop every every Thursday, and that's one of the things my brother in law plays while we're playing. It's it's the Witcher, and Witcher two, Witcher three soundtrack while we're oh, playing. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> and it kind of just it fits, you know. It's yeah, and it's really awesome when like something is is like about to happen, and then the music kind of changes with it. It it's funny how that happens. It happens more often than you think. And it, That's fantastic. And it's just a really cool feeling. Like we're about to get into a battle and then all of a sudden the music just shifts and changes into something that just kind of fits the situation. It's, it's really cool. That's but, awesome. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then last, 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 I do want to give a shout out to Austin Wintry. Uh, if you guys have never listened to his work, I would highly encourage you to do so. Go look him up on YouTube, go look him up on Spotify or whatever. But Austin Wintery, I my introduction to him was through the game Journey, uh, and that soundtrack as a game as a game soundtrack is is top five easily for me, and that's how I knew him. But he's done a lot of other stuff, including the Banner Saga series. The fact that he's doing Banner Saga three has me so excited. He tweeted out uh, a couple weeks ago. He's like, does it, does anybody mind if the last three tracks of the Banner Saga three? Uh, soundtrack or like eight minutes a piece i was like please give me <laughs> give me all of that i will take all 24 minutes of that plus everything else his his work on banner saga is phenomenal it is very like i was talking about witcher if you want like a true like medieval sounding strings horns it is fantastic the uh, as far as that soundtrack for Banner Saga One goes, the final scene, the the thing that he did for that, I had chills and was in tears because of the music and what was happening with the art. So I just had to give Austin Winery a shout out, guys. Go nice. check him out. <clears throat> Geo, you know what time it is? Um, it's a pro- it's kind of late. Oh, you, I know what you mean. You mean the side quest? We didn't get to do it last week. Well, the, we gotta do, we gotta do it this week. We it wasn't week. available. It wasn't available last week, but it's available this week. No, the uh, the 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 guy uh, the um, the NPC was on you know, his his schedule, yeah. and yeah. he was asleep. So we had or, to. We had yeah, to it was nighttime, wait. right? Exactly. Yeah. 
Joe, so, what are we doing for our side quest this week? Um, we're going to do something um, <clears throat> a little different, I think. I yeah. think we need to let the people know a little bit more about ourselves. I just think it's kind of cool to let people know who we're talking to, you know, just kind of just tell us, tell the people out there a little bit about yourself. I will accept the side quest. All right. It's worth zero XP, by the way. So, <sighs> but I guess we'll probably level up like relationship statuses or something. For like. sure. For yeah. sure. Uh, do you want to, you want to go first? I'll let you go first. Okay. All right. Uh, well, I mean, like, what, Joe? What would you like to know about me? Like, what, what's the first thing? Like, you want you want me to talk about? Um, I'll keep um, it brief, but I mean, I I don't know. I I I don't want to. I don't want to get too personal with you. Maybe family, you know, um, things like that. Cool. Um, okay. Uh, hobbies. So, I don't know. Hobbies. Every, okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So I uh, up here. Uh, I am actually the oldest of five kids. Um. And we're we're all fairly close in age. There's like a two year age gap between me and my next sibling. Two years between he and and, and our sister. Then four and four. So uh, we're all pretty pretty close in yeah. age. I, I think it's really cool too because growing up, even though uh, we had we had you know fairly strict parents as far as like how much time in front of electronics that we had. Right. In fact, I mean like I. I laugh looking back at it now, but like we had like a 15 minute game, like game time. That was, it. Uh, you know, for, for many years. And then we got to a certain age and then it was expanded to 30 minutes and then it was expanded to an hour. And then I moved out and there was like eight hours. Now nah, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, but, but so like, it was really cool though, because my, my gaming experience was heavily influenced by having a brother that was just two years younger than me. So we had a lot of the same tastes. We, in fact, we shared consoles. Like that was the way that we were able to get away with consoles was like, it was a either a Christmas present right. that was joint to the two of us or birthday presents. Our birthdays are uh, two weeks apart. So a lot of times oh. we would just have like one birthday gift and one year it was a PS2. So gaming history was like, I started with Sega Genesis that was first thing I ever had. I never really played any of the great Sega Genesis games, but I had that. Uh, and then the next one was N64. They surprised us when Christmas with an N64. That day one on Christmas morning, we were playing Mario Kart 64 and Super Mario 64. Uh, some of the best memories I ever had. Uh, the three oldest kids, so myself, my brother, and my sister, played hours and hours and hours of Mario Party. Mario Kart, Super Mario, uh, going to a friend's house, playing Goldeneye on the 64. Oh, yes. Just, uh, and then another James Bond game, uh, I think. Um, Nightfire? No, it was uh, the world. I can't remember the name of it. World Never Ends or something like that. Okay. Um, can't remember. But uh, so that was sort of that. And then for birthday one year, we got a PS2. So we're going from N64 to PS2. Wow. That was fantastic jump we had madden 2004 which is still one of the best madden entries because of uh because of the superhuman michael vick and uh <laughs> and that was fun ps2 he was on the era, cover of that one right 2004 I think so. yeah i think he yeah, was i think so uh ps2 era i picked up final fantasy uh my my best friend that i met 10? during that time 
It showed yeah. me 10 for the first time that introduced me to RPGs to final fantasy. Uh, from there I went backwards. Uh, once we got to the PS2 era, we kept that PS2 for like a decade. I, I mean, that, I don't know. Like that we got, console was out for a long, long yeah. time. And we then saved up at, at, by, by the time we got a PS3, I think the PS4 was, had been announced and that is when we got a PS3. So okay. that's how long we had PS2 was like up until the PlayStation 4 announcement. So, you know, a lot of people may 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 hear me talk and they're like, wow, you know, for being, you know, an, an RPG fan, you haven't really played a whole lot. And that's because like, I, I mean, I went from basically PS2 era to PS4 because mm-hmm. um, we got the PS3 and we played a little bit on, on it. Um, but by that time, I, I, I played a lot of PC stuff. And then PS4, I is when sort of I, I got my own PS4. One of my favorite memories, once again, with my brother. I lived with my brother in an apartment for a year. That was when uh, we both went out, and I got the uh, the Destiny launch PS4, the Glacier oh. White, you know, and was one of the, like one of my prized possessions. That that white and black controller with the white PS4, just gorgeous. Had wound up having having to sell it later on. Uh, heartbreaking but like uh, that was one of my favorite 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 times um so my gaming history has been sort of like fashioned by like having having that brother having a best friend um as far as hobbies for me now uh i am a writing instructor a communications major uh, and communications specialist at a college um, so I do a lot of social media. I do a lot of video production, audio production. Obviously I, you know, record and edit this podcast and I've done a lot of other shows as well. Um, so my hobbies are this, you know, writing for the website, writing, do creative writing. I've written several novels. None of them have been published, a bunch of short stories. Um, and then I love TV and movies. Um, you know, well, a hobby that I share with my girlfriend is watching TV. Like we, we binge watch everything together. So nice. it's fantastic. Um, now you so said yeah, you wrote that, some novels. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, I started writing when I was probably a freshman in high school. And then I wrote three novels while I was in high school what? and then college came along and I didn't have time to write anymore. So Man, I struggled I writing complete sentences and you're writing novels. But since college, I've written probably 50 short stories, maybe. Okay. Um, nice. And that's sort of my jam. Is there a particular, uh, not style, but genre that they are? Or? Uh, are they high speculative, fantasy, horror? Speculative. Uh, a lot of them speculative. True crime. Sort of speculative fiction. Like, okay. Um, think, think like, um, like Stranger Things, like, uh, where Stranger Things is a great great example, but like, what if reality? So some of them right. are based here. Uh, some of them are like crazy, like uh, Inception, like dream, okay, you know, dreamscapes. Uh, and then I have dabbled in like superhero fiction, uh, and then high fantasy, like your classic, your vintage fantasy. Uh, I've done a lot in that. So I kind of I kind of go everywhere, and I have uh, I did write one horror story, uh, which was a lot of fun to write, and kind of cathartic for a lot of different reasons. But 
<laughs> uh, but yeah, that was cool. So I, that, that gives you a little little nudge of a window into into me. What about you? So so your horror are basically real names are just coincidences or oh, like yeah, you got it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, every every names and deaths are, are strictly coincidental. Coincidence. All right. <clears throat> well, for me, I, I have a sister. She's a couple years younger, um, has nothing to do with anything gaming and is totally out of the gaming picture for me. Um, you know, my parents, uh, we grew up a little poor. They, but they were able to buy me a Nintendo and I remember playing, playing Mario for the first time. I really remember playing Mario for the first time with my dad on this big console TV. It was a major pain to hook up because we had no idea what we're doing. And, um, you know, he, but he finally gets it going. And one of my favorite gaming kind of memories is playing with my father who is again, I've, I think I've talked about him. He's, he's, he's passed on at this point, but I remember playing, Mario Brothers with him on this console. I remember the couch, the smell. I remember remember everything. Um, so playing the Nintendo with him, I'll, I'll again, I'll never ever forget that. Moving on, playing Super Nintendo again. That was one that I was able to get my my godmother and my aunt and my parents went in on a Super Nintendo. And Super Nintendo meant a lot for me because that's kind of that's kind of where a lot of my gaming is. You know, I was a little older then. I kind of understood what was going on. My RPGs were really kicking in. I was able to play Final Fantasy two and three or whatever you whatever you want to call them. But they were Final four and six. Four and six. <laughs> four, four okay, and six. so uh, Final Fantasy two and three, Secret of Mana. Again, that was kind of where my RPG started really kicking in. And another one of my favorite gaming memories is, is going to the rental store. You don't get that at all anymore. That's totally non-existent, but my, my dad would take me in his, his big, big van that we had. It had like a wizard etching on the back, <laughs> back of the window. And, you know, every, every Saturday we would go, he'd let me pick out a game and I'd come back and, and just that whole, that whole, it's all gone. You nobody gets that anymore. Everything is kind of on demand, instantaneous, and and it, and and I feel bad for the people who can't appreciate that. But I I just absolutely love that. You got to you got a good taste of a lot of different games, and um, you know, moving on. I I had the N sixty four. I really don't like it, and I still to this day don't like the N64. The controller is terrible. The games for me, even now, look bad. I don't think they ever really look good. Now, the N64 does have its great games. You know, maybe three or four. But after that, it's really just... It'd be kind of like it'd be kind of like if uh, Breath of the Wild Odyssey came out and then that was like it for the rest of the Switch's life cycle. You know, yeah. like... Yeah. That'd be sort of... Yeah, because you had, you know, had, had Mario, Mario, 64. had Mario sixty four, Ocarina of Time, had Majora's Mask, had Don- Donkey Kong. I guess I don't know, but it really, it really never hit. I actually went to the PS two at that PS one and PS two at that time in a really short amount of time. Um, but actually, going back even through like like school, gaming what it is now was very different then. You were actually looked at very different from your peers. 
you know, I went outside. I played a lot of, you know, sport, like sports with a lot of pickup games with my friends and whatnot. But if you were seen as a, a gamer now, uh, now, but if you were seen as a gamer then, you were, it wasn't as popular. It really wasn't. So I'd like to think I'm a pioneer in that aspect. <laughs> I pioneered the way for you guys. Um, but, you know, again, just that total, it, it's totally different now. It's more socially accepted now, whereas it, it wasn't, I don't feel it was in the past. Um, so, yeah, I, I went into PS1 with Metal Gear and and um, this some other Diablo-like games on on the PlayStation 1 as well as PlayStation 2 that I played. Uh, PlayStation 2, and, and I think that's the case for everyone, it lasted forever. It was one of those consoles that just wouldn't die. Games just kept coming out, coming out, coming out, coming out. Um, so I had, I had that for a while and then I never really picked up on Xbox, the original Xbox. Um, I never went into that one. Uh, but the Xbox 360, I jumped into that one because my brother-in-law, um, played the Xbox. So again, that's kind of where I jumped into the Xbox family, you know, because someone else was playing it. You know, someone else was able to play with me. You know, we played some Halo. We played a lot of the multi, um, multiplayer games, um, that we could play, but, um, then I, I did have, wow. I had a lot of consoles <laughs> just kind of thinking back. Um, I got a PS three for the mere fact that it had a Blu-ray player. I, I literally, for my original purchases on that, I have little big planet uncharted one, two, and three, and that's it. Um, nice. I, I really just got it for a Blu-ray player. Uh, but I did. And again, even even for PS3, it had great exclusives, and that's really what I what I bought for you know for for it to play. Um, PlayStation Four, I never I never got into it, um, but the Xbox One again, I still have that. But going back way back to the Super Nintendo, and, and again, how much it meant to me and how much it means to me, even now, I still have the original box original game wow. console that I, that I bought. It has, um, I have the receipt for it. The receipt is still in wow. the box and, you know, it has my name. It has my father's name. And oh, wow. That's yeah. Awesome. So again, for, you know, people sometimes ask me, cause I have, I do have a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff in my basement and everyone always asks, Oh, what's your favorite piece? And I just look at that box and it's that box. That's like, that's mm-hmm. like the Mecca for me. That's the, the one thing I always point people to. And it, and it, and it, again, it means a lot. It means a lot to me. Um, as far as hobbies are concerned, I, I'm a father, I have two kids, so I have no hobbies. <laughs> uh, no, no, I, I enjoy, you know, spending a ton of time with them and my wife. Um, I play tabletop games. Like I've mentioned, you know, so many times, uh, we play Pathfinder every Thursday. It's a, it's a, it's a fantastic time. If you, if you know someone who plays it, Phil, I absolutely, you should play it. I, I okay. did, didn't you mention that you've played it kind of in the past or no, nah, I've played D&D. That's, that's okay. Well, yeah, it's a, essentially, okay. essentially the same, same deal. Um, but yeah, um, playing Pathfinder is one of the things I absolutely, uh, look forward to aside from doing this podcast. Um, I do have another, uh, you know, I do have another podcast that I also, um, take part in. 
Um, but yeah, growing up Portuguese and poor was, uh, was fun. It was a, it was a good time. Um, you know, like I had mentioned, my, my father passed on my mother not too long ago also, you know, passed on. So a lot of my family ties, my family is really, really small. Again, it's just me and my sister and my aunt. Wow. And that's really it. A lot of my family lives in Canada, but we don't really like to talk about them. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I mean, that's a another, again, an, I can't even believe I didn't mention this hobby. I collect yeah. games, um, action dolls. Like, I collect, okay, I'll call them action figures. I collect everything. Uh, anything video game related, anything that reminds me of my past. Like, I've been on a major kick for collecting uh, VHS tapes. I'm known for disliking the eighties. I really can't stand anything in the eighties. The music is terrible. The movies are terrible. The fashion is terrible, uh, with the exception of a few here and there. Uh, but the box art and a lot of these VHS is really hit it home for me. And it's mostly the animated stuff like, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, double dragon, uh, visionaries, he man, like those sort of things. Mm -hmm. So I've been, I've been on a kick of collecting VHS tapes and I, I, I'm pretty sure I have a VCA VCR player. I'm not entirely sure. So I'm collecting all these things. I have no way of knowing if it works, but the box art looks awesome. Um, so yeah, I'm a, I'm a collector of a lot of things. You could, you know, if you, if you wanted to find me on Instagram, you can certainly find me there, but that's really another one of my bigger hobbies. Um, I love watching sports. I'm big into yeah. soccer, yeah. big Same. into football really big into hockey um and i and i live in new england so we we're kind of getting used to winning here and i think it's kind of time for other people to join in the fun it's really a good time up here it's really as fun i'm sure you guys have been having one big party oh it's awesome it's awesome um yeah i'm also big into sports too so yeah so that's a little bit of a sneak peek into to my life yeah so uh that was, that was pretty awesome, and we'll continue to you know, talk about other things yeah, as, sure. as we go along. But we just kind of wanted sort of like a an inaugural episode of a, a look at us. Uh, this is us. If you we're real watch people. the NBA, NBC, yeah, we're real people. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we want to hear from you guys if you want to if you want to sort of like talk about you know, gaming history or hobbies or things like that, then definitely do so in discord or hit us up on Twitter or something like that. Uh, we want to get to know you as well. So uh, that's actually going to wrap up our longest episode in history. Uh, if you're listening, yeah, if you're listening up to this point, we really, really appreciate it. Uh, we do uh, want to thank everyone who wrote in questions and uh, give us some feedback, some reviews. Uh, that's going to wrap up episode 13 of the Switch RPG podcast. Once again, thanks for listening. And uh, keep your questions coming by emailing podcast at switchrpg.com or you can post in our podcast thread at discord.switchrpg.com. Remember, you can listen to the show each and every week when it goes up onto the website at switchrpg.com or on your favorite podcasting app. Just search Switch RPG Podcast. Uh, you can sub and listen as soon as it's live. Remember, you can leave us a rating and review if it's five stars we'll read it live on the show 
Uh, we remember that all of those ratings and reviews help us sort of climb the charts and help iTunes say, Hey, this is an active podcast. So that's why we do ask for those reviews. It would be awesome if you could give them to us. Uh, if you like what you hear, remember you can head over to patreon.com slash and throw us a dollar or two. But if you can't, no worries. You just listening, being a part of a community, uh, participating in discord on the website, doing all the quests on there. That's what matters most, folks. And finally, speaking of SwitchRPG.com, remember you can go to that wonderful database website for all of your RPG needs on the Nintendo Switch platform. Until next time, I'll see you around. Geo, hit us up with a Snapple. All right, real fact number 97. A turkey can run 20 miles per hour. Per hour. Oh, I messed that up. Whoops. Yeah, just so you know. We'll see you next time. Bye.